0: Good morning from Naples United Church of Christ here in Naples, Florida. We are thrilled to welcome you to worship on this Communion Sunday uh, and to welcome you from beautiful Naples, Florida. And we are grateful that you have joined us for worship this morning. No matter where it is that you are joining us from, we are grateful to have you. My name is Dawson Taylor and I serve as Senior Minister.
1: And I'm Deb Kaiser-Cross and I serve as the Minister for Congregational Care here.
0: And if you are joining us via live stream, Facebook Live, if you download the audio podcast or if you watch one of the archives, uh, again, we are grateful for technology and all the ways that we are able to worship together. You know, speaking of technology, your family had a very special day yesterday, and I think technology in some ways kind of made it possible. So what, what was your family celebrating?
1: Well, my mom turned 90 yesterday, and because she lives in a senior community, We could not visit with her, and I'm at a distance, and so several of my siblings drove down there and um, were able to surprise her, and we had a serenade by her favorite musician and a parade of cars that went by, and she told us it was her best birthday ever.
0: That's amazing. I loved the picture that you put on your Facebook wall late yesterday evening That of her. I think it was on her balcony, is that it correct? It was. And, and she had that sash that said 90 and fabulous. I just oh, thought yes. that was pretty fantastic. And I know that she watches our services um, because of California, maybe not always when uh, we're live, but I know that she does the archive yes. at, at least. And so if it's all right with you, we've asked our own concertmaster violinist, Maestro, to lead us in singing happy birthday. Thanks.
1: you everyone and Thank happy you. birthday
0: Rosemary and um, we hope that you your celebrations continue I know they will because my card didn't arrive on time I'm confident so just keep celebrating Um, We want to invite you back this week for our midweek meditation at noon this coming Wednesday. It will be such a privilege to welcome a friend of mine, Reverend Dr. Tad Meyer, who is uh, associate chaplain at Moorings Park. Uh, He has become a friend uh, after worshiping here some, and because of mutual friends that we share, uh, he has such a wonderfully uh, rich history in ministry, including Times spent uh, helping lead uh, Memorial Chapel at Harvard University and and different things, and so I'm looking forward to having uh, Tad with us, and then uh, we will also welcome uh, another uh, violinist, and uh, we will welcome Radu. From the Naples Phil, and then our own Dr. Alexandra Carlson will be his accompanist. And so it's going to be a wonderful day uh, starting at noon on
1: Wednesday. And then Wednesday night, we continue our book of joy with the last five obstacles to joy, which are quite. Um, inspiring, intriguing, and um, thought-provoking.
0: I was going with tricky, but yeah. (laughs) Yes,
1: and Dave will be leading that, so that'll be at five o'clock on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, so again, you can catch it. uh, See, we're doing live stream and Facebook live on that. You can catch the archive, but that's also, we've added that to our podcast, uh, so, you know, people can also do that as well. Um, Today, you may see if you're watching uh, the live stream, there's uh, a new button that's happening uh, as a part of our live stream, starting to and that is a donate button and basically I would say it like this, it is the offering plate of the 21st century. Um, So if you normally, when you're sitting in the pews, want to give when the offering plate passes or if that's something, uh, a way that you want to give your gift, that is a secure donation site that um, goes directly to our general fund as any offering would um, when the offering plate is passed on uh, Sunday morning, and so I want you to be aware that um, that, that now is a part of what we are able to do to support the ministries of this great church, and also for you to know that it is secure and where, the, where those monies go, and in the next few weeks, we will also have our um, Give button on Facebook Live. It's just a little more of an in-depth process, but we'll have that up and running very quickly.
1: And finally, this is our second time we're doing virtual communion together. And so what we want to invite you to do is gather up elements, whether it's bread and juice. We've had very interesting things people have gathered, coffee and coffee cake. My brother-in-law didn't have any bread, so he had a marshmallow. So what can I say? People are very creative, but we trust that the Holy Spirit is at work as we gather remotely for communion later in the service
0: great. And I, I just want to say a word also that I believe you will um, not be in worship for the next couple of weeks because you have been for so many weeks. We're going to rotate uh, a few more of the clergy team uh, in and out of worship. And so I just want people to know that you are just fine, but uh, but also to say words of gratitude for uh, being with us, especially for so many consecutive weeks with an already very full plate. So thank you for that. And so indeed, as a, an intergenerational congregation. As we begin worship this morning, let us join in this great hymn of the church. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day. And we ask, O God, that in this time of worship that you would speak either through me or in spite of me. But that above all else, we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us this day. All of this we trust and we ask in your many names. Amen. Dr. Tom Long a preaching professor of mine from my doctoral program, tells the story of a dinner party that he attended many years ago. He writes, it was the kind of evening when good food was matched by rich conversation and warm cheer. As the dishes were being cleared and cream being stirred into the after-dinner coffee, the conversation took a more serious turn. The guest of honor was a church leader from Central Europe. The Soviet Union had come apart only months before, and the table was filled with eager questions. How had the church in his country fared during the long Soviet frost? What changes were occurring now that the warmer winds of democracy were blowing across Central Europe? What wisdom did his experience bring for the church in America today? He spoke slowly, even cautiously at first, measuring his words, weighing their risk. A man unaccustomed to candor among relative strangers, Gradually gaining confidence, he spoke of dramatic shifts in the social and political climate of his region, of the church made strong through hardship and persecution. Indeed, with an eye cast toward the American religious scene, he observed that possibly the greatest threat to the church in his own land was the temptation to relax its guard in the new atmosphere of freedom, that the church could lose its sense of call by falling into an easy alliance with a seemingly friendlier culture. He told about the days under an oppressive era, how the church was officially tolerated, but always undermined and repressed, how the clergy were always monitored, by secret agents who had infiltrated infiltrated their ranks. We would have a meeting about some matter of church business, he said, knowing for certain that not everyone seated at the table could be trusted. Some of the ministers present were, in fact, government agents. He paused for a moment and then added, But even these government spies were careful never to betray their true identities, but we could always tell who they were. But how, someone asked. The voice, he replied. The voice. Something in their voices always gave them In a similar way, in our scripture reading for this morning, Jesus said that his own followers could understand the trustworthy and the untrustworthy by the sound of a voice. They will not follow a stranger, but will run away because they do not know the voice of strangers. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. Jesus' followers recognize his voice because his voice is familiar. They discern its cadences, they remember its reassuring rhythms over and again in times of distress and pain when we have not been sure that we could take one more step along the pathway of suffering, along the pathway of quarantine. Jesus speaks comfort to us. Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Each of us knows the power of a familiar voice. We have all seen it played out before us, a crowded playground filled with children and a child screams, Mom! And that one mother immediately breaks her conversation and looks toward her child. It's like the time many years ago that I was traveling in in an airport catching a connecting flight. I was listening to the overhead announcements being made, but for some reason, it was not going in one ear and out the other, as most of those announcements typically do. I kept listening, and I kept straining to hear, and suddenly I realized that the voice I was hearing was Phyllis a member of my church at that time in Houston who did professional voice work. I couldn't wait to get home from that trip to tell her how her resonant voice sounded in the Denver airport. And is that not how life sometimes happens? We strain over the noise and suddenly we recognize the voice of Jesus? Not long ago, a friend and colleague told me about a church drama group in his congregation that was presenting a special event and fundraiser the weekend before Christmas They called it Dessert and Drama. It was a production of Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol. The Fellowship Hall had been transformed into a theater, folding chairs clustered around tables, all facing a makeshift stage, fitted with a background that had been painted to look like 19th century London. When the audience gathered and they were handed their programs, some were amused to note that the part of Ebenezer Scrooge was being played by the chairperson of the church council. A gentle man, quite unscrooge-like in their generosity, They were impressed, though, by the skill and energy he brought to his role. He growled his way through the opening scenes, ringing out every bah humbug with miserly ill will. He shivered with fright and dreadful self-recognition as he encountered the series of Christmas Ghosts. The final scene called for a transformed and jubilant Scrooge to chase the shadows of the remorseful night and to greet the light of Christmas Day by flinging open his bedroom window and bellowing festively to the startled street below. Merry Christmas! Then Scrooge, wishing to bestow Christmas gifts upon the needy of London, looking for someone to help dispense his cheer, was to act as if he had spied a a street urchin passing by. Hey, you, boy, yes, you, there, was how Scrooge was supposed to act out the scene, pointing to an imaginary character. Come up here, boy, I've got something wonderful for you. But something beautiful and unexpected happened. When the radiant and transformed Scrooge beckoned from the window, come up here, boy, I've got something wonderful for you a six-year-old in the audience seated with his family who were members of the congregation spontaneously rose from his chair in response to the jubilant and generous call and walked on stage ready to do something wonderful. The actor playing Scrooge blinked and looked around in disbelief Since there was now an unscripted child from the audience standing on center stage, what to do? The audience held its breath. Then the person of faith with the veneer of Scrooge took charge. Bounding down from his window perch, he strode across the stage and cheerfully embraced the waiting boy. Yes, indeed, he exclaimed, his voice full of blessing. You are the one, the very one I had in mind. Then he gently led the boy back to his seat and the audience returned to the stage and resumed the play. When the curtain calls were held at the end of the show, it was, of course, this boy, the one who had immediately felt summoned from his seat, who received along with Ebenezer himself the audience's Loudest and warmest applause. Just so the sheep hear and know the merciful voice of the Good Shepherd. And when they get up out of their seats in the darkened auditorium and bound up on the stage ready to do something wonderful the good shepherd embraces them and says yes you you are the very one I had in mind.